The news pool for curious kids and adults. I'm your host, Lila Ship Shankaprigat, and right here is my sidekick. <laughs> I'm the one holding the microphone. Okay, sidekick producer, if you must. <laughs> and my mama. I must. Hello, I'm Lindy Prickett, and whew, what a week it's been. Yes, just as soon as we published last week's episode. The sad and tense news in Ukraine. Of course, the news is changing by the hour. But given the gravity or importance of the events taking place in Eastern Europe, we've decided to devote all of this week's episode to understanding the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And offer some help in coping with all the grimness. So first, we'll tell you the latest news. Then we'll give you a backgrounder on how we got here. Then we'll play the glossary game to help define some of those weird words and terms flying about, like NATO and the UN. Or sanctions. Cyber attacks. The Kremlin. Oligarchs, what? And who's Zelensky anyway? First, it's time for... The, the Big, big news, news Story of the Week. You might remember for weeks there were some 200,000 Russian soldiers waiting on its border with Ukraine. They've been gathering there for weeks and weeks. Well, those tanks and soldiers entered Ukraine last week. From three separate positions, the north, south and east of the country. And when you enter a country with tanks and soldiers, with force and explosions, it's called an invasion which has to be scary. Totally, which is why already almost 400,000 people have fled the country. They're seeking shelter, otherwise called refuge, from other countries. That's why they're called refugees. Right, and the good news is, most of Ukraine's neighboring countries are welcoming them in. Which doesn't always happen with refugees, does it? Absolutely not, no. A lot of people, though, say part of the reason for this is Ukraine has always been a buffer between Russia and the rest of Europe, and those neighboring countries feel compelled to help. In fact, our Washington State correspondent and host of his own podcast called News Nerds, Ezra Graham, spoke with a Romanian reporter in Ukraine, Mircea Barbo, and got this information. So at the moment, um, all the borders are open. People can leave the country if they wish to do so. I've been uh, hearing stories on the Romanian and Polish, Hungarian, and even the Moldovan border with um, hundreds of volunteers offering their services um, to, to people fleeing Ukraine at the moment, whether that's just a, a, a ride to the nearest airport, food, uh, um, accommodation overnight, a hotel room. So there's been a massive, massive um, um, volunteer effort at the moment in Eastern Europe because uh, Ukraine is seen here as um, the last front line. If uh, Putin will not be stopped in Ukraine, they might be next. 
And if you want to hear Ezra's entire interview, we'll have the link in our transcript. So while Russia hasn't used its full force of power yet, a lot of experts are saying Russia has been a little surprised by the resistance the Ukrainians are putting up. There are even reports of people taking down street signs to confuse the invading Russian troops, making their way into Ukrainian towns and cities. Russian President Vladimir Putin is demanding that Ukraine's military lay down their weapons. He also warned every other country not to interfere. By now, you're probably wanting to know why all this is happening anyway, right? Unless you heard our explainer story a month ago. Mm-hmm. But we know we're getting new listeners all the time, especially now with this important subject. So we are going to replay that explainer segment. If you already heard it and you feel you totally understand what's going on, then you can skip ahead about four minutes. That's when we're going to play the glossary game. I'm going to ask what a weird word means and... I'll offer up some definitions. And you guess which is right. But first, our explainer story, which was focused around an analogy... A comparison. ...between Leela and her cats and what's happening in Ukraine. Sounds far-fetched, but just have a listen. Let's get on with the basics. Do you know where the country of Ukraine is? Uh, somewhere next to Russia. No, I mean Europe. (laughs) Actually, both. And right there lies the problem. Huh? Yeah, like so many places, its geography is everything. Okay. It's life, Leela. Okay, you want to talk cats? All right, let's talk cats. You look after some of the neighborhood strays, right? Yep. Some hang out on the left side of the house and some on the other side, right? Yep, they're two different families, and they don't always get along either. Yeah, exactly. But I want to know, which do you love more? Mama, I could not possibly choose. I know, it's hard, right? You have ties with both sides. Yeah? Well, so does Ukraine. For decades, it was linked to the Russian Empire, and then it was part of the Soviet Union, which is... Um, that was a group of communist countries ruled by Russia. Most of the last century, right? Well, in practical terms, yes, though technically it stood for the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. But it was ruled by the Communist Party based in Moscow, Russia. So you're right. And communism is... When the government owns everything. (laughs) Right. So when the USSR broke up in 1991, many of the countries started to find they had more in common with the free markets of Europe. Ah, like when the cats on the left had kittens and I started spending more time with them. Yep, they were prospering and you wanted to be a part of that. And the cats on the right had started to become a a little sullen and... A little grouchy, jealous, and aggressive, actually. Huh, maybe they were missing you and the amount of food and resources you used to give them. Totally. Well, that's kind of what's happening in Ukraine. They were part of the Russian Empire and the USSR, but kind of favor Europe now and want to join a club called NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, which includes most of Western Europe, the U.S., and Canada. That doesn't sound like a very fun club to me. (laughs) It's not. It's a defensive club of armies, what's called a military alliance. Is Russia part of it? No, ma'am. In fact, NATO was formed in 1949 specifically to provide protection against the USSR. 
Dun, dun, dun! The plot thickens. No wonder Russia's so mad at Ukraine. Then again, Ukraine is a free country, right? They should be able to do what they want. Yep, but some people in Ukraine do have old ties with Russia, so... The country's pulled in both directions? A little bit. Mostly, Ukraine is scared Russia is going to invade, like they did eight years ago when they took over a region called Crimea. What? And now they want to take over all of Ukraine? Well, Russia says no. But right now, there are well over a 100,000 soldiers, along with helicopters and tanks, lined up on its border with Ukraine. That's kind of bullyish behavior. Big time. That's why you keep hearing about it in the news. Everyone is wondering what's going to happen next. People are so worried that if Russia does invade, those NATO countries, like the U.S., might decide to join in the fight. Why would they want war? Well, they don't. But they also don't want a big country thinking it can overtake a smaller one. Now let's cut across to a young Ukrainian woman, Alexandra Bukovska, to get her take on what's happening. Ukraine, with its fertile lands and open access to the sea, has always been targeted by its neighbors. The Russian Empire in Poland and the USSR. So, naturally, all the traditions, mythology and Ukrainian language were wiped out for a while as well as people who try to preserve it. And it is happening, again. (laughs) But I still hope for the brighter future. It's hard to hope for a brighter future when an invading country is threatening to strike important targets in your capital, which is why this is so upsetting to see and confusing, too. Even if you've heard our backgrounder or the adults in your life are discussing this with you, chances are you're still hearing a lot of words and phrases you might not be familiar with. Seriously, oligarch and Kremlin? Sounds like characters from Shrek. (laughs) Well, that's why we've got the glossary game. Are you ready to play? Yes. So I'm going to throw out a word that I'm totally not sure about, and you're going to give me, and you listeners, multiple choices. Then we have four seconds to guess before you say the correct answer, right? Indeed. Okay, let's go. Well, I know the first two because we've covered them in the last story. But let's see if anyone else was listening. Number one. What is the USSR? The Union of Soviet Slovak Republics. The Union of Socialist Soviet Republicans. The Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. It's the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, which included Russia and most of its Eastern European neighbors, but was controlled by the Communist Party based in Moscow, Russia. It was founded almost a hundred years ago, but broke up in 1991, when the world thought they'd seen the end of Russian dominance. Number two, what is NATO? A club, a military alliance, a defense agreement. above. So NATO stands for the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, which brings together armies of most of Europe, the US, Canada, and Turkey, 30 countries in all. The aim is that all the countries defend each other against anybody that might attack, like, say, Russia. As we know, Ukraine isn't a member of NATO, which is why the US and other NATO countries aren't getting involved in this war. Number three. What is the UN anyway? I know this one. A World Economic Agreement. 
an organization of the world's nations working to help maintain peace and security. A debating club. The United Nations is an organization of most countries in the world trying to keep world peace, cooperation, and security. Though many question its usefulness, especially as last month it was Russia that held the revolving presidency of the UN Security Council. Ironic. Others say it's better than no world club at all. Okay, next. Number four. What is the Kremlin? A group of Russian allies. A fort. A gremlin from the movie Shrek. Kremlin literally translates as a fortress inside a city. Da, 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 da. <laughs> you know, like a fort. Like the one inside Moscow where Russian leaders have ruled for centuries. Therefore, when people talk of the Kremlin, it really means the Russian government. Number five. <laughs> Please tell us what is an oligarch. A very common Russian last name. The high priests of the Russian Orthodox Church. Very rich business people. Oligarch comes from the word oligarchy, which is when a small number of people hold all the power. When the Soviet Union collapsed, it was a few people who quickly scooped up big government businesses and became super rich. Not surprisingly, most oligarchs are big friends with President Putin. Number six. And what are sanctions? Allowing troops to enter a country. Not being allowed to join NATO. A penalty meant to be a punishment to a country. A sanction is a penalty applied to a country or even a business or a person. The most common are economic sanctions, which tries to stop others from doing business with a country. It's like you saying to all your friends not to trade toys or gadgets with a certain other friend because you don't think they're behaving very nicely. Number seven. I know this one. What is a cyber attack? Hacking into someone's computer to steal their private data. Hacking into the mainframe of a big business or government to disrupt services. Posting fake videos or news reports. All of those. Right now, Russia is mostly posting fake news, like the mock videos of Ukrainian army officials surrendering or creating websites that look like real news outlets but are posting fake news. As for the other stuff, Microsoft's Threat Intelligence Center recently found a virus that tries to wipe data off computer systems. Luckily, it was blocked. And finally, number eight, who is Zelensky and what's he got to do with Paddington Bear? The president of Ukraine, one of Ukraine's most beloved comedians, a Ukrainian actor who was the voice of Paddington Bear in a popular film. Of course, Vladimir Zelensky is all of those things. Yes, at first, many Ukrainians thought his bid for president over three years ago was a joke, given his background. He was most famous for playing a schoolteacher who becomes president after a video of him ranting about corruption in Ukraine made him famous. Talk about life imitating art. 
Well, the actor-turned-president, who some were unsure of, has proved his stuff. Not running away and escaping, but staying to fight and regularly sending out inspirational messages to his people. Well, how did you do? If you fancy another go, we'll put an online version of this quiz on our website's Lucky Dip blog page, which is... Newsypalooza.com That's P-O-O-L-O-O-Z-I dot com So I have to admit, I find all this news pretty upsetting. That's because it is. I think many of us have pits in our stomachs over what's happening. And it can make us sad and anxious, even though we want to stay informed. Well, we've reached out to several experts on this subject, including Anisha Abraham, a pediatrician and teen health specialist on faculty at Children's National Hospital in Washington, D.C. Here are our top coping tips for dealing with distressing news events. Many of you, like my own two boys, are listening or reading news coverage of the situation in Ukraine. Now, here's a few tips to consider. First, it's important to know what's happening in the world right now, but make sure you get information from trusted news sources. Exactly. As we said earlier, there's a lot of fake news out there, often meant to confuse or just deliberately upset us. So be careful about clicking on any old thing. Stick with trusted news sources. Like us, Newsy Paloozy. We'll keep you informed without too much upset. Promise. <laughs> Next coping tip. Focus on the helpers. Right now, there are thousands of people around the world and many governments working together to stop conflict and end the fighting that's happening. There are people on the ground that are helping with those that are injured, people that are providing humanitarian aid. Focus on the positive that's occurring. I go to sleep sometimes and imagine what I'd do if I had to flee my home. And it makes me feel really upset. But also, it makes me think, okay, what can I do to help? Anything? Yes. Send messages to people you know who are suffering or scared. Donate to causes that are helping them. It feels like you're doing something rather than just feeling miserable. And as Anisha said, thinking about all the help others are giving can feel good. We have to remember there are way more good people in this world than bad. Don't forget to take breaks from constant media updates, especially if it's affecting your mood or making you feel down or sad. I hate hearing those explosions on the news podcast, and I'm really glad we're not a big TV-watching family. I don't want to see the stuff. Yeah, a lot of people are like that, to be honest. Of course, it's good to be informed about what's happening in the world. It does make us better humans knowing what other people deal with, but I think you have to listen to your instincts and turn away from things when you need to. And remember, these things make the news because they are rare. What's happening right now is unusual. And finally, make sure you take time to talk to adults about the questions that you might have. We will get through this. Usually I want to talk to an adult. You or daddy. Though there's always a risk of getting a history lesson from you too. <laughs> That's true. But still, talking through these issues is good. It's also important to remember you're not alone. A lot of people are probably feeling sad and worried. It's perfectly normal to find this stressful, which is why I'm going to add a final top tip, the power of distraction. Go play. Okay, even sometimes video games in moderation. When distressing news gets too much to think about, Think about instead the things that make you happy. 
and embrace them. Ah, the power of distractions, like playing with my cat. Give me your treasure, you sweet little darling. Well, we hope you found these coping tips useful. Let us know what you do. We'll continue this conversation on Instagram, Facebook, and in fact, I'll be holding a panel discussion on this very topic on Twitter Spaces this week, Thursday at 9 p.m. India time, 3:30 p.m. British time, and 10:30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in the U.S. So please feel free to join in or have a listen afterwards and leave a comment. <laughs> Brings us to an end of this very unusual special episode of Newsy Palooza. Don't worry, we'll be back with our usual compilation of wild and wacky, and hopefully happier world news stories next week. Complete with the world wrap, the oddball, and five fab facts quiz. So we'll see you next week in the giant slashy Newsy Palooza.